Okay, let's open our Bibles again to the book of Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12 is where we've been for the last couple of, um, the last couple of weeks. We should wrap it up this, this morning, but also Luke chapter 12, go ahead and we're also going to fish into Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33, which is the parallel story in Matthew's gospel. It says the same thing, but there's some different wordings there that kind of puts a little bit more emphasis on the topic of this morning. Now, what we have um, been discussing, especially the last week, is, to, is about keeping the main thing the main thing. The main thing should always be the main thing, and it should never be anything less than the main thing. Would you agree? Yes, yeah, if it's the main thing, that's what we need to really be focusing our attention to. In other words, we don't want the important things to become unimportant. But just as well, we don't want the unimportant things to become what is important. We need to make sure that we are focused on the right thing, the main thing, and make sure that we take care of the main thing before we take care of any other things, right? Because the, because the decision to focus on the main thing will affect all other things, that being seeking the kingdom of God first, above all things. Now, in reference to um, this type of a lifestyle, you know, what we, we referenced last week in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 15, starting and going through verse 17. It's very, it's very general advice on how we should live, not foolishly. The reason why we should not live foolishly is because we don't have very much time to live. But eternity is forever. And what we do in this life affects eternity. So we really need to have an understanding that we should live this life to, to impact eternity. We should live not for this life, but we should live for the next storing treasures not here on earth, but in heaven. In Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 15, it does say this, Pay careful attention then how you live, not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of the time because the days are evil. So don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. And though many of us struggle, what is God's will for my life? Well, I will tell you in a very general sense, you will hear it today, Seek the kingdom of God. Store treasures in heaven. Don't worry about the things here on earth, but seek the kingdom of God first in all things and above all things. Over the last two weeks, we observed the reality. Now, this is a reality. This needs to be real to each and every one of us, that one day we will stand before God stripped of everything that's of this world. You will not take one shred of this world with you when you stand before God. And therefore, I want you to understand that meeting is going to be one of the most important meetings that we need to be looking forward to. That meeting is the one we need to be preparing for right now. And I'm going to tell you, we cannot prepare for that meeting by seeking the things of this world. That's why Jesus, he spoke very harshly and very strongly against the man who came out demanding that his brother split his inheritance. He said, take heed and beware of covetousness. Life is so much more than the things that a person possesses in this world. He goes as far as to say that this man, the rich, the rich, um, uh, the, the parable of the rich man here, that he was foolish and that he stored up everything for this life and this life only and then then the Lord came to him and said, you are a fool because I am requiring your soul of you tonight and you will be stripped of everything that you have gained in this world. You fool. And Jesus goes on to say, and so is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Understanding this reality 
that we will stand before God stripped of everything that is of this world. It is a foolish life to live, to live as though this life is all that there is. It's a foolish thing to do. The fool is the one who does lay his treasure up for himself only in this life and is not rich toward God. In the last week's message, you know, there are, there are necessities in this world that we feel that we, we must have. And there are necessities in this world that you must have in order to survive. And Jesus says here, do not worry about your life as far as the food that you will eat. Don't worry about your body as far as the clothing that you will put on it. Don't worry about those things. Life is important, but it's much more than the food you eat. Your body is important, but it's so much more than the clothing that you put on it. Don't worry about that. I don't want you to worry about that. Now, why is it important for the Christian believer to not worry about the necessities of life? There's a few things that Jesus said in in last week's passage. He said, do not, do not, do, and do not. The first thing, do not worry. Do not worry because why? It doesn't do any good anyway, right? It doesn't do any good. I mean, he clearly says, can worry add one cubit to a man's stature? Absolutely not. Though we may have things that cause us anxiety and stress in this world, but worry does not solve the problem. It will not put money in the bank or food on the table. It will not heal, heal, heal a broken marriage. And it, will not, <clears throat> and it will not bring back things. So you have to understand that worry is of no value. So therefore, don't worry is what he is saying. Don't worry about those things. And he goes on to say, do not seek after these things either. So do not seek what? the food that you will eat in verse 29, and nor have an anxious mind about it. He's asking two things there. But do not seek after these things that your body needs in order to survive. Do not seek after them, but also don't want you to be anxious about them either. Why is that? We just illustrated the fact that God cares enough about the birds that he feeds them. God cares enough about the grass that he blankets them in lilies. And then he he shows the value of, of, human, of mankind over and above the animal kingdom or the plants. It says you are so much more valuable to God than that. If you, don't think, if you think he feeds the birds, you think he won't feed you. If you think he clothes the grass, you don't think he's going to clothe you. Then he goes on to say, your father knows that you need these things. See, these these are the things that the world seeks after. These are the things that the nations of the world seek after. In verse 30, he says, your father knows that you need these. See, God has created you. Believe it or not, he knows every need that your body needs. He knows knows everything that you need to survive, to get you through the purpose that he's laid out for you to live. He knows that you need those things. Even whenever we go to pray to God for ask for those needs to be met, he already knows what you need. So do not worry, do not seek. And then he tells us what to seek in verse 31. And this is where we're going to be focusing on today. But seek the kingdom of God. But seek the kingdom of God. So don't worry about your necessities. Don't seek after the necessities. But what I want you to do is to seek after the kingdom of God. And if we reference Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33, it says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And the result is that these things will be added. These things will be added. He tells us to seek the kingdom of God first and above all things. Now, why is he asking us to seek first the kingdom of God? Because this one thing that we seek 
affects all other things. And seeking the kingdom of God first and his righteousness in our lives, it will affect every other area of our lives if we seek the kingdom of God first. You know, a lot of people kind of want to put things in order, and I understand the, the, um, the, uh, the desire to do that was that, well, God first, you know, family second, church third, me fourth, maybe me fourth, and some other things later. Well, you, you can kind of live by that if you want to. And so I'm not saying it's a bad outline to go by. But in all honesty, it's God first and let him decide what comes second. You know, let him decide what is, is comes second and third and fourth. He doesn't tell us what to seek second or third or fourth here. He just simply says, seek the kingdom of God first. And above all things and in all things, we seek the kingdom of God. And the result is, is that these things will be added unto you. In the context, he's talking about the food and clothing, the basic necessities of life. God will provide for you if you seek his kingdom first. And for, some, <clears throat> and it's, and you know, for so many of us, as I said last week, for whatever reason, we, we fail to let go of chasing after the things of this earth and worrying about the things of this earth and, and trying to, and trying to um, gain the things of this earth in order to make our livelihood you know, so much better. But in doing that, we neglect our number one. We neglect seeking the kingdom of God first. It's not, so, not that so many of us believe that God will not provide. We, we believe that he will, but our fear is that we may not believe that God's provisions are going to be good enough. We may think that what we can gain on our own in this life is going to be better than what God will provide for me if I seek his kingdom first. And therefore, whenever we have that kind of a thought, we can see the immediate results of what we are doing here on earth, and therefore we seek it, and we, and we, and we, and we go after it, and we thrive, and we strive to, to meet that worldly goal and to gain the possessions of this world because we know that we will enjoy it. But when we do that, our focus comes off of God and seeking his kingdom first and trusting him to meet our needs. But we have to understand that when we seek the kingdom of God, what God provides will be sufficient. I can't tell you it'll be riches. I can't tell you it's going to be put you in poverty. It could be from one end of the spectrum or to the other. All I know is that as a believer and a follower of Jesus Christ, Jesus is, is teaching us here to seek the kingdom of God first and above all things. It's a matter of priorities here. It's priorities. These things that we spend so much energy and worry and anxiety, they will be provided for you when we seek the kingdom of God. Now, just as... You know, God, whenever he feeds the birds, you know, this is something that we really tend to worry about. You know, the basic necessities of life, food and clothing, and this, those are very important. I'm not trying to say that those, are not, those things are not important. I'm not saying that you should quit your job and just kind of and just sit, in your, sit in your house and read your Bible and pray all day long and neglect the needs that you have been called to provide for your family. I'm not saying that. But just as he provides a way for the birds to feed themselves, notice he doesn't go around and drop the food in the birds' mouths in their nests. The birds have to get out of their nest, fly around, get the food, bring it back to the kids, feed them. He's, provi he's provided a means by which the birds can have food. And I believe that God works very similar ways with us as well. He has provided means by which we can have those needs met. So this is not encouraging laziness, or this is not encouraging you to not plan ahead or to plan for a retirement or to leave an inheritance for your children. This is a, this is a, this is a matter of priorities and what we are seeking first. 
and that's the kingdom of God. And how God provides those needs, very much as he provides, you know, the birds with the food and the opportunity to get it, we are blessed with the means to provide our needs in the forms of jobs and employment and, and work, where we can go out and work with our hands and our minds and our, and, uh, and our bodies in order to collect the funds in order to provide for our families. God does work in such a way. So God has blessed us with a means by which we can meet our needs. And it all comes from God. We must have an understanding that if we have a job that's providing our needs, God has blessed us with that. If we, have, if we are waking up with the breath to breathe in order to get out of bed and to go to that job and to provide for our families, God has blessed you with all of those things that make it possible. All things that are good come from the Lord. And God will withhold no good thing from those who walk uprightly. But just as God does feed the birds and he gives us a means by which we can provide for ourselves, we also need to be careful in how we use those things that God has provided. You know, God is, it's very likely that God has provided for your job. So let's just kind of stick, stick on just a job illustration here for a moment. If God has provided for a, a job for you to meet your needs, and if we have used our job as an excuse to skip out on worship services, Bible study, prayer time, personal devotion time, or any other obligation that we have to the strengthening of our soul and our spirit and our relationship with Jesus, if we are using our job that God has given us as an excuse to not seek the kingdom of God first, then we have to ask ourselves to be honest before God this morning. Are we truly using what you have given me? Or am I using what you have blessed me with as an excuse to not seek the kingdom of God first. We can't allow even the blessings of God to get in the way of us not using them to honor God first and above all things. You know, I don't believe that God has ever blessed anyone with anything that he ever intended to be used as an excuse to not seek his kingdom first. Does that make sense? God has never blessed you with anything that he ever intended it to be used as an excuse not to honor and glorify him. If he's blessed you with a family, he expects you to honor and glorify him in and through that family and a job with children and a spouse. In all things, he's calling us to seek the kingdom of God first. And I know some, and, and before we, we get too far, I know some people work night shifts and some people have to work Sundays and some people have to work holidays and I understand that. There is a time, there, there are times that come along that you have to get the bull out of the ditch I, I completely understand that. And I believe whenever things come up and you're not able to make it to church because of certain circumstances that make it impossible, I don't believe that you're forsaking the assembly as a matter of some is, okay? That's not what that verse is about. So if you're not able to make it here every time the doors are open, that doesn't mean you're forsaking the assembly. You have to understand the context in which that was written. We're talking about a church that was underground under persecution is preaching the gospel under the, under the threat of death. He's saying it's very important for you all to get together and encourage one another in this. And just as it is for us to get together and to encourage one another. But there's a difference in a logical reason and an excuse. And you know the difference, correct? You know the difference. That doesn't have to be illustrated any other way. So legitimate reasons for that, but also all of those, those things that were just listed, you know, church attendance was just one of those things. 
Now, we're still talking about personal Bible study. We're talking about devotion with your family. We're talking about um, all those other needs and prayer time, getting time alone with God and growing spiritually. You know, um, uh, also getting involved in ministry in the community around our, our lives and in our church. All of those things. The church attendance was just one of those things. And if we're allowing to, and if, and if we are using the blessings that God has given us, and in order to, make an, to use them as an excuse to not seek his kingdom first, we really need to take a look and be honest before God this morning. Are we truly seeking the kingdom? You know, it's not about the things that we gain in this world. We're all going to have possessions. And it's not about you know, ha- having more possessions or not possessions. It's a matter of priorities. Again, if we look at the parable of the talents, I mean, these three, these three men were given an enormous amount of money. One was given one talent, the other two, the other five. But what was common in all three of them is they never saw what they got as their own. It all belonged to the master. Even the one who had only one talent, he did bury it in the dirt and didn't do anything with it. But however, he never considered it to be his own. The other two invested and they doubled what they got. But however, they never saw it as their own possession. But they always kept the master in mind and how they handled the talents. Now, one did very poorly in that, but however, his mindset was he didn't want to upset the master when he came back. Now, this is not a matter of having possessions, as we said, whether they're great or few. I don't want us to be focusing on that, but it's about keeping the master first. It's about keeping first and foremost the kingdom of God and his righteousness and trusting him with the results If we have to make sacrifices in order to seek the kingdom of God, then we do so. And we trust him that he is going to provide. If we have to let go of something that we're seeking in this world in order to seek the kingdom of God first, then we've got to trust him and let go and seek the kingdom of God first. I mean, it's very possible God could continue to bless you in that area. But he's saying, look, I need your full attention here. I don't need you worrying about the food and the clothing. I need you focusing on me. I need you not to worry about those things. I need your focus here on me and seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness first and above all things. So is the kingdom of God first in our lives? That's the question we really need to ask ourselves. This is the question of priorities and are your priorities right? Well, here's a way that we can find out. You can ask yourself, do your priorities draw you closer to God? Do your priorities draw you closer to God? Over the last year, have you grown closer to the Lord or have you drifted away? That will tell you if your priorities are godly or not. If you've grown closer, I'd say you have good priorities. If we haven't, then we probably need to shift some things around. Do your priorities lay up treasure in heaven or are you more productive in laying up treasures for yourself here in this life? Which is more productive? If you were to stack your treasures up, heavenly treasures, worldly treasures, which, which way would the scale tip? Are we seeking the kingdom of God first? Do we have the godly priorities in our lives in order to store treasures in heaven? And the confidence that we can have in doing this, and look at verse 32. It says, it says, do not fear. We touched on this very shortly last week, so I won't stay on it too long. He says, do not fear, little frog, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Do not fear. Whenever we seek the kingdom of God, we truly can seek the kingdom of God without fear of what's going to happen if what God says is true in verse 31. 
that seek the kingdom of God first, and all these things will be added unto you. If you truly believe what that says, then you can seek the kingdom of God without fear. Little flock. For it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. And I asked a question last, last week, you know, would you rather build your own kingdom or would you rather have God give you his? I'd rather inherit God's kingdom than spend my time building my own in this life that I will be stripped from when I face the next. In verse 33, sell what you have and give, give alms. Provide for yourselves money bags which will not grow old, a treasures in heaven that does not fail where no thief approaches nor moth destroys. Sell everything you got. You, I would almost guarantee you've got the ability and the freedom to be able to do that if you trust and believe what Jesus has said here. I'm not encouraging you to go home and sell your house. Okay, be wise in your decisions, okay? We talked about that in the very first verse. Be wise in what you do. I don't believe God is calling you to sell everything you got and go to the streets, okay? I'm not saying that. He may be, but I'm not telling you to do that. But if we could understand that we have a God that cares more for us than he cares about the birds and the grass, and that he knows your needs, and he's willing to supply those needs if we'll meet the, condi meet the condition of seeking the kingdom of God first, then we can truly live our lives without fear. Without fear. Do not fear, little flock. Sell everything you got. I've got you. I am here. I will sustain you. And provide for yourself treasures in heaven that will last forever where no thief can destroy no, no thief can steal nor moth destroy verse 34 this is very important this is where it wraps up it says for where your treasure is there your heart will be where your treasure is there your heart will be so what follows what in this scenario your heart follows your treasure so what is in your mind the most valuable thing to you is where your heart will be. What you consider to be the most valuable thing in your mind affects where your heart will be. What your perspective is between godly treasures and heavenly treasures as opposed to worldly pleasures, worldly treasures will determine where your heart is, whether it's in heaven or whether it's here on earth. It's a matter of how you are perceiving the value of heavenly riches over worldly riches. Are we seeking the kingdom of God first? And your treasure is this. It is what and where you primarily invest your time, your money, and your energy. Think about that. Your treasure is where and what you invest your time, your money, and your energy. Where you're putting most of your thoughts, your efforts, where you're actually trying to make, whatever you're trying to make grow the most, that is where your treasure is. And if that is where your treasure is, then that's where your heart is also. But I also want us to be careful because whatever we invest our time, money, and our energy in, not only is, that, not only is it our treasure, but if it is not the kingdom of God, then it is an idol because it takes precedence over seeking the kingdom of God first. That's very important. If we find ourselves investing in something, the most of, a, most of what we have, in something other than the kingdom of God, 
And brothers and sisters in Christ, we do have an idol that needs to be offered up. We're not seeking the kingdom of God first. And we can't expect God to add all these things to us if we are not truly keeping him in the proper place in our lives. See, the things, when, the things in which we invest in, the things in which we invest are the things about which we are the most concerned. The things in which we invest are the things that we are the most eager to see grow. The things that we invest the most are the things about which we have the most anticipation for a return. Your treasure is where you are going to be investing the most. And if you're investing first in the kingdom of God above everything, then that's what you want to see grow. That's what you're going to be anticipating a return. That's where you're going to, that's where you're going to have the most concern. And if your number one concern is not for the kingdom of God, you're probably investing in something less than God's kingdom. And in conclusion this morning, you know, Jesus, through, these, through the passages that we've been through the last few weeks, you know, what Jesus is teaching here is truly about priorities and the godly nature of the priorities that they need to be. And seeking the kingdom of God in all things and above all things is of the utmost importance. It's about the main thing being the main thing. It's in seeking the kingdom of God. It's about priorities, folks. It's about keeping the main thing the main thing. And we as a church, we need to look at our priorities. Are we keeping the main thing the main thing? In the last couple of weeks, we asked the question, what business are we in? Are we in the money-making business? No, we're not in the money-making business. No, we're in the business of soul-winning. We're in the business of ministering to people. We're in the business of serving one another, encouraging one another, discipling each other, to be other disciple-makers. We're in the business of impacting the world around us for the sake of Jesus Christ. That's the business that we're in. So how's business? How's business been? Would you say we have priorities mixed up? Possibly. Now, we as a church, we must really look at where we are. And about nine or ten months ago, we really took an objective look at where we were as a church. We saw the need of change that needs to be made, and little has changed since then. We need to look where we are and what we're doing. But I also want you to understand this doesn't start in a business meeting. It doesn't start on a, you know, a sermon being preached on Sunday morning where this must start it must start with each and every one of us making a personal commitment before God to seek the kingdom of God first in our own lives. When each and every one of us have done that and we have sacrificed the idols that come before the kingdom, we've laid them on the altar and put them before God and confessed those before God and we have, and we have committed our works to God and we are going to allow him to direct our paths as the days go by and the days go by, then we as a church, we can come together as a church in unity, in unity in mind, in unity in spirit, and objectively look at where we are and where we need to be going as a church. I must say that the priorities of the church reflect the priorities of the people who make up the church.
You know, there's some decisions that we are going to need to dis- really consider really soon as a church. We have some big decisions that we really need to make. You know, when we look at our budget and our buildings and the ministries in which we're really involved, I'm kind of reluctant to say, but there may be some reason to worry. You say, well, hold on a second, Billy. You just told us not to worry, right? Yes, I did. I did. You told us not to worry, but God would provide our needs. That is true. I believe that God will provide our needs. But my question is, as we really take a look at where we are and what we're doing and where we want to go, is it possible that God is providing and yet we're using those provisions in a way Excuse me. Is it possible that God is providing, yet we're not using those provisions in the best way for the kingdom work? Is the kingdom first? I'll say if it's not first in all of our lives, it can't be first within this church. So we must be honest before God and seek his kingdom above all things and trust him. He He can do it. He can pull us through. Probably that's the only way that we can live our lives. That is the wise way to live for each and every one of us. And I believe if we will come before God this morning and pour our hearts out to him and seek his face, and in fact that we, we can move forward. So my prayer this morning is that you will do business with the Lord as the Lord sees fit. Let's all stand and let's have a hymn of invitation. As we all prepare, as our musicians come forward, let's pray. Father, we just thank you so much for your, for your word. We thank you for your willingness and your graciousness to offer and provide for our needs. But Father, may each and every one of us has obviously in our own lives and mine as well, Father, we have failed in seeking the kingdom first. Father, we've relied on our own efforts and our own abilities, our own wisdom. And Father, it's so easy for us to do that, but God, may we continue to to grow. May we continue to learn who you are and learn about you. And Father, that you know our needs, you know our, you know our position, God. You know where you want us to be. But Father, I just pray that each and every one of us would take time and get real before you today. Give us the strength and the discipline and the courage to let go and to seek your kingdom. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.